everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 503. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, fandom, the geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ranma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I'm Ichigo Gami. And Mako-chan is out tonight. She's not feeling too well, but she will be back next week. Um, And I'll get into that in just a bit, because I understand what she's dealing with right now. But anywho, how is everybody doing tonight? Eh, still kind of tired. Mm. Uh, brain dead, to a point. <laughs> I've been working at the computer all day, so it's been a busy afternoon. I, I know that feel because I've been slowly been re-uploading my cosplay photo shoots. I've been sorting through the ones that I can't upload, I won't upload, finding out people's new names and stuff. I'm just like, I wish it was a little bit easier than this, but it is what it is. So, anywho, ah, let me see. Let me pull up my outline here because I was over in the promo folder. Okay, that's good. So, we are live tonight, week of June 15th, 2021, right here on Twitch TV. You find us here every Tuesday from 9.30 to 11 p.m. right here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session. We are also part of the Voice of Geeks Network, and you can find them at vognetwork.com. And they also stream at Twitch TV slash vognetwork, and they kick things off on Sundays starting at 8 p.m. Eastern with the Bobby Blackwood Show, followed by Orange Lounge Radio at 9 so definitely check that out. And don't forget, we're part, we also have a Discord, so you can ha- hang out with us over at, um, <clears throat> I think it's Discord, no, it's vognetwork.com slash Discord, and every ch- every show that's part of the Vogue Network has their own channel, so come through, hang out, have a good time with us. It's all fun and games. It's how we do. So, yeah. Uh, let's see if I can get this to update. So we're going to go around the room, um, in this case, the virtual studio, to Ari and ask him, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, well, I've been busy with work a lot, mostly with the uh, working obstructive shifts, which is why I haven't been on the show for a while. But hey, it's good to be back. Welcome back. and We have missed you. Yeah, it's good to have you back, Ari. And, you know, aside from work, well, the good thing about work is I'm off the... Uh, I'm off my workers' comp pay, and that's the that's been working out real good for me because hey, I'm actually have money in my account. Ka-ching. And also, and also the the uh, labor unions negotiated new contracts, which start within a couple of weeks, and part of them includes back like retroactive pay. Well, that's good. So I have yeah, so I have a lot of that to look forward to in, in the next coming weeks. Like I, I'll know it hit when I look at when I check my you know, bank balance in the morning, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's almost five digits. I've never had that happen before. I never had that happen before. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Now, now, are we talking five digits, including the, the two decimal points? No. Whoo! The only time I see that is when my tax return rolls in. I'm just like, Oh, okay, that's nice, you know. So what Ari is saying is that he has McDonald's money. No, 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 (laughs) no. 
I have McDonald's money. You have McDonald's money. Ari has five guys money, okay? Do you oh, know how expensive a... Five guys money. I ordered five guys, and it was like... For a burger, fries, and shake was like tw- was almost twenty dollars before. No, I- it's like twenty four dollars oh. for a meal over there. Be- but they're so good. Yeah, but this was before I even ordered delivery. Okay. Yow, that's even worse. Um, I did also see the Sailor Moon Eternal movie. I think which... we all have, and we all have, and we're all like you know. I know he also wanted to uh, riff on it at one point too. We actually. Did that last Thursday with with our with the ladies at Starlet Creations? Fuck, I think I was at work for that. Because I immediately thought, uh, hey, in the 30th century, they still have 420, right? <laughs> you would think so. I'm like, uh, wait, they're really calling it an herb shop? Mm, see, and they come in, and I'm just like, who do they think they're fooling? Look, let's be real here. At that scene, we all know Mako-chan is watching it, and, and her eyes just glittered over and went, ooh, pretty, you know? Mm-hmm. And to go back to the what C. Beery says here, Five Guys is good, but it was not as good as I figured it should be based on the price. Well, you know... Oh, yeah, it's an acquired taste, trust me. I'll, I'll say this. Burger Fi is kind of pricey, but they're good. And I've ordered from various burger places around here. And I'll tell you this now. I think it's a travesty that you pay nearly $10 for a burger with all, you know, and that's not even with all the trimmings. This is one place I order from. I think a burger with all the trimmings is almost $13. But I tell you what, that, that shit is fucking tasty as all hell. You know? If you can, uh, f- if you can find a place that serves uh, Mr. Beast burgers, they're really good. Mm. Never heard of that of that chain. Uh, it's you know it's the uh, it's named after the YouTuber of the same name. It oh right, oh right, kitchen. yeah, it's yeah, a ghost yeah. Kitchen restaurant. Yeah, I've back. actually watched a few of his videos. I'm like, and somehow he's like one of the highest grossing YouTubers. I'm just like, really? That's the kind of generosity that I want to be able to do. You know? The dude yeah, did a video of him giving away a hundred thousand dollars. That uh, you can dream, right? That and I've also, I've also started watching a lot of time lapse videos on YouTube of pools being installed. You know, mm. dug out, filled in. You know, yards transformed because. Oh yeah. You know, it feels nostalgic, although also kind of sad, given what uh, I've had to, given what I've went through. So, yeah. I'd love to have my own place and be able to put in a pool like that. Soon, my friend. Soon. And as Ron before twenty one says, I don't hit five guys. It's too greasy for him. Thirty burgers is is where it's at. There is this one burger place out in Tom's River that me and Maku have gone to. We have a couple of friends that swear by it. I don't. I I I, I don't know. Maybe I have a, 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 my tongue is a little bit better. I don't think their burgers are that good. I think it's I think the place is called Burger Twenty Five or something like that. All I know is their their burgers are not that good. And I if think I would, we we might have to be careful though. We might be starting a hamburger war in the chat. Well, Theo Let's says just move on oh, before we uh, before the casualties start piling up. Look, Theo's all about in and out, and I have to say I can kind of get with that. It's been it's been fifteen years since I've had in and out, so 
Next time I find myself in Denver, I will be going there. I never had it at all. It's it's basically to me if you like Five Guys but more of a fifties flair, but not as many burnt fries. In and out is your thing. Okay. So Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, it's been a lot of work. Um, I've been doing a lot of illustrative work, mm. so a lot of working on my uh, uh, illustrations for my portfolio and website and uh, working on some emoticons for myself. That's good. Uh, for the channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of a lot of drawing. <laughs> so it's just a lot of uh, working in... Uh, I use uh, the program called GIMP, which is basically a free yeah. Adobe. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been pretty happy with it. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, pretty much working on all that, working on trying to get a lot more back-end stuff done so that I can finally get back to sewing. Um, but it's been nice because uh, we've had really awesome chat and stuff, so it's been a really great uh, community. And in general, just trying to, you know, get stuff done. I guess it's productive. It's been productive, I guess. Uh, and so we've gotten a few things done, but there's still a, a mile, a mile above to go. Gotcha. So. <laughs> All right. So uh, my weekend day has been pretty interesting. And before we continue, I rotated back to my, we are all human shirt for month of pride. And next week I will be wearing my, um, Pride Prison Power shirt, which I really love wearing because I think it's really cool. So, but um, it is thanks. And again, I got it for like thirteen bucks off Amazon. And the thing, there were other places selling it for like twenty to twenty-five bucks. I'm like, I kind of need to save a couple of dollars here and there. So, so I started going through my closet and pulling out my camcorder, my camera, because I have a. Not really a cosplay picnic. It is a cosplay picnic, but it's just a bunch of friends just hanging out and getting together. So I'm basically pulling that out, charging up all the batteries, making sure everything works, and I ordered a, a brand new grip. So, you know, because one of the people that's going is going to do a cosplay music video, and she's using her Canon 7... Uh, I think it's a 70D or... or D, yeah, 70D. And I looked it up. It's for a 10-plus-year-old SLR full frame... It's still better than my little DSLR to SL1, which is cool. But I believe, I think since she's going to be doing, like, for her video, I'm just going to let her either use my lenses or be like, here's the camcorder. Try this. And I get that people want to use the DSLR for everything. But because I, I was talking to a friend of mine, he wanted to um, use, he wanted to get a DSLR for photography and the, do recording. Now, most DSLRs will allow you to record video up to 30 minutes, and that's it. So, and, and that's something that, that's put in the system, which kind of makes sense. So, you know, that's why I have a DSLR and a camcorder to do what has to be done. So, that's out of the way. Um, I actually fixed the my my Wi-Fi light up here, so I got that fixed. I have, like, four more on, I'm ordering for next month because I have a couple of other shoots going to happen. And speaking of shoots, I've been slowly been re-uploading all of my older cosplay photo shoots going back as early as, I think, 2015, 2016. So you'll be seeing them post, like, every other day during the week. Um... 
So I will be sharing that around. So, so if you see them, check them out, like, retweet, pay it forward. Every little bit's greatly appreciated. And I think that's been my weekend day for the most part. Oh, uh, oh no! Wait. So, like I said, I got a new bed and I put this in. What happened was when I put in the new frame. It basically blocked one of my outlets that's behind the bed. And I used to have like a, a mini six block outlet with USB ports. So that's in one of the bins behind me. So I went out and I ordered an extension cord, a surge protector with five outlets, three USBs, and a USB-C. And I'm like, this is perfect. Five foot cable. This is perfect. Cable doesn't reach. So I went out and ordered a two foot extension cable. And it's there. It doesn't reach the way I wanted to because I want the little block on the floor. But now it's, it's stuck up on the wall with uh, double-sided tape. So that that's all fine. Um, I'm just going to leave it like that. I'm starting to see there are now surge protectors with little pieces of plastic on the sides with holes. So you can actually drill it into the wall. I think surge protectors should come with like a little... Like, you know, like a piece of plastic that you drill to the wall and you just put the surge protector on that, kind of like hang it. A lot of them have like little slots in the back of them. Yeah, you just but, it, but exactly. But what I would like is like a piece of like, like a plastic frame that you put up first and you can lock the surge protector in there with the slots. Something like that. Because the only way you'll be able to actually do that correctly, you'd have... I've seen people do this. They've actually photocopied the bottom of the surge protector, put mm -hmm. that piece of paper on the wall, nice and mark trick. and mark the holes. You know. And and speaking of like, this is we're discussing this real quick. We're seeing a discussion about Photoshop and GIMP and all of that. Let me just say this: unless you are going into a unless you're going into a professional career with other companies, you need to know Adobe. It's an industry standard. If you are running your own business, then you don't really need to use it. Use whatever application that works for you. It's your business. You know how to make it right. That's, that's all y'all need to know. I'm just more comfortable with Shop than GIMP. Yeah, some people are. You know, I know some people are more comfortable with GIMP than Photoshop. I tried using GIMP and I felt like I was slamming my head into a wall, but I was on a Linux machine trying to take care of some stuff, but, you know, it happens. It's, it's like the old saying goes, like, are you a yar or yo-ho-ho -ho kind of pirate? I'm the I'm not paying $600 for Photoshop kind of pirate. We are, we're, we're past $600 for Photoshop. It's more like you'll pay anywhere between 19 to $99 a month for Photoshop. Sheesh. And I'm like, I am not paying that every month. Even though I can get a discount through my old college, even with that discount, it is not enough. So that ain't happening. So just remember, kids, if you want to go into graphic design and illustration editing, you need to know Adobe. If you're not going to work for these big companies, these Fortune 100, 500 companies, and use whatever you want to use that'll work across the board. That's it. And, and I and I like and that's what it's come down to. And I see people argue about this all the time. I'm like, you know what? You re you you really want to take it to the next level? Why Adobe is that standard? 
Talk to Apple. Apple threw that money down with Adobe and made it the industry standard. So it is what it is. I finally kind of sort of gotten used to using the Adobe suite, but yet when it comes to like editing videos and so forth, it's either Adobe Premiere Pro or Corel Video Studio. And I've been using Video Studio for like almost 20 years. So I know that application, like everything I need to know inside and out. Anything I need to do, I can fire it up, go right in, do what I got to do. Premiere Pro, let me pull up this YouTube video. Oh, that's how you do it. No, that's not correct. Let me pull up this YouTube. Oh, fix this. Done. You know, that's basically Adobe Premiere in a fucking nutshell. God. Oh, man. All right. Housekeeping notes. Don't forget every episode of Anime Jam Session is available on YouTube Thursdays at 12 noon. Um, You'll be able to see all... Not just this week's episode, not just last week, but episodes going all the way back to the beginning of 2021. So definitely check those out. Um, as of now, if you are if you are a subscriber of our Twitch of our Twitch stream, you get episodes like this week's and last week's. Just like two weeks of episodes, and that's it. Head on over to our YouTube at YouTube.com/slash/AnimeJamSession. Click on uh, Podcast VODs, and you'll see all the episodes there. Um, I am also in the process of bringing back uh, anime, anime, Thursday, anime gaming nights on Thursdays. I haven't fully decided, but I think I'm going to do anime gaming community night with others. We'll just see how that rolls. And don't forget, uh, merch shop uh, help support uh, the Voice of Geeks Network. Vognetwork.com uh, slash shop. Um, pr- anything you buy from there helps keep the Vogue Network going. It kind of trickles down to us, so we keep going to supporting them. It's all fun, and we are working on our own line of merch, like some shirts and some mugs. I I am working and hoping to have that up before the end of the summer because I'm doing everything a little bit at a time to kind of clear everything out. So you know, and to go back to what we discussed earlier, Questbuster says after digging for a while. Managed to find a Premiere slash After Effects replacement for free, though it's still a bit jank in places, but it does what I want to do for what I need. Exactly. And he goes, uh, DaVinci Resolve. Yes, and there you go. And that's another interesting thing. DaVinci Resolve is also an industry standard. So basically, you got DaVinci Resolve, Premiere Pro, and Final Cut Pro. Those are like your three industry standards for video editing and stuff like that. It is what it is. So... Now we're going to uh, take part into this part of the show that y'all really enjoy more than anything else. Uh, geek Roundtable. Uh, this is where we kind of discuss like geeky stuff we've been working on and we kind of share some geeky things that we have. So, kicking it off, what you got, Ari? Uh, I got myself a new t-shirt. Nice. Uh, move the uh, trinket out of the way. It was called Neon Mist. Oh, yeah! I'm waiting for that artist to do the rest of the Sailor Senshi like that. I want a a neon, uh, a Neo Venus shirt. I really do. Neon Venus, yeah. Yes. It's, it's like a, it's like seeing the Misty cosplayer at a rave. (laughs) Mm. Hopefully one wouldn't call out my character's name, but. Mm. 
anyhow, yeah, I, I shouldn't have bought it because, you know, money was kind of tight, but I'm like, screw it. I like this design too much. I got to have it. No, I get that. Sometimes you got to treat yourself at least at least once a week or once every paycheck. Like my mother used to say, you should treat yourself on every paycheck. Even if it's a pack of underwear, you treat it yourself and it's yours. All right, Ichigo, what you got? Uh, yes, I've been working on my own emoticons. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, if you're part of the Discord, that's that's you know, I, I I'm it's not the vlog Discord, unfortunately, but if you're part of my Discord, um, and that's basically my geek thing that I've been doing is working on more stuff. Uh, because people want to post my face places, and uh, I'll I'll eventually get there. Um. Yeah, and then in chat, uh, Questbusters just answering back to my texting. Yeah, there there were a few. There are a few. Humble Bundle every now and then has some really good deals on stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But if you guys have any questions or anything like that, I have been in the arts for a very long period of time and have good resources for everything from beginners to, uh, I guess, experienced professionals. So I'm happy to answer any questions I can about anything. And you guys can feel free to reach out. All right, and um, let's see. I, I, uh, yeah, the verse what you said about humble bundle. Quick thing, and I have a friend who uses Sony Vegas, and just understand, Sony no longer has a PC software division anymore. They sold that. That's how old of a version of Vegas he's running, and I finally got him to update to the almost to the latest version of Vegas through the humble bundle. They had like version. 15 for like $30, you know, because Magic bought that whole division. So, you know, it's, so it falls under them. Now, my geeky roundtable, it's basically, I've been just been marathoning Chicago Fire, and I have to remind myself to take breaks, watch my geeky YouTube uh, tech videos, and then jump back into the swing of things. But there's a couple of things I want to talk about real quick under geeky roundtable. Um... Some of y'all know um, this guy, th this artist. His name is Kevin Bulk. I've known him for maybe at least 20 to 25 years. He's like one of my oldest con friends. And he does a lot of artwork. His artwork is tw is very unique and it's awesome. Um, let me see if I have something here. Like, like this is a prime example of his work. So... I have it on an angle because if I do it this way, the light reflection, so that's not good. So, he, he does that. Now, he also has a shirt shop. So, and it's on, on it's on I believe, T, yeah, T Public. So, this happened like a couple of weeks ago. Um, a certain celebrity... Um, is wearing his shirt on Instagram, and he basically lost his shit. And and I thought this was like one of the best things I have ever seen. So let me see. Losing I, it in a good way or a bad way? Good way. It's the one person. I mean, let me let me just let me just show it to you. How's that? Uh, let me bring up Skype real quick. 
It's basically Samuel L. Jackson is wearing one of Kevin's um uh, shirts of Nick Fury. That awesome. is like that is one of the most awesomest things ever. And the and the caption that he posted with it was the handling of issues this week will be short and furious. <laughs> that is like that is like the cool, coolest ever. And, I, and I've been meaning to talk about this last week, but I kept forgetting. But I want that's my geeky thing I wanted to share. I just want to pay it for for my friend Kevin because he's a really awesome and talented artist, and he he's paid his dues. And I just want to show that off. I mean, think about it. I mean, it, you know, how would you feel if out of the blue you find out some famous celebrity is wearing one of your rompers? I wouldn't really care. Oh? I'm huh? sorry. I didn't, like, I never really, like, I, I think it's really cool and I'm excited for people to wear things. But yeah. at the same time, it, it usually very little benefits the artist because a lot of the time they'll wear the clothing without crediting the person. If they wear it and wait, they wait, credited wait, wait, me, wait, wait. No, I, I, that's cool. No, no. It'll be like they'll be giving you uh, the E word. Yeah, exposure. And <sighs> and I'm not gonna get us off topic with anything, but I just it's not my cup of tea. So people can celebrate it. People can be happy for it. I just don't care. No, because no. The thing is, I hear what you're saying. That happens a lot. But I would think that in a situation like this with Kevin, you know. He's wearing it, and with the tech, with today's technology, it's not hard to find out where to buy the shirt, and then like an and a influx of it's sales not, come in. You know, it's not. But how much is your friend gonna make from sales? How much is it gonna reflect on him as an artist? Like, it's good. I'm happy that your friend can celebrate it, but it's not a question for me, and I don't think that I'm gonna give you the answer you want. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't see that happening. So it's okay. But um, let me go ahead and close this out because I've had this sitting up here for a couple of weeks, and I'm actually running out of like space on my tab on my Opera browser. It's like, yeah, I need to kind of close up some of these tabs. So we're gonna go ahead and get into tonight's uh, t stories. And the first thing is this Castlevania spinoff that Netflix is working on. And I have to admit, I have not finished the second season yet, so it's like, I got a ways to go. You're not even halfway through the series then, I guess? I haven't gotten past episode two. You don't know what you're missing. It's good stuff. I know. It's based on Castlevania 3. It's one of my favorite Castlevania games. I know. Mm -hmm. uh, the next Castlevania series is going to be based off of Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood. Ah. The former being one of the most popular games in the entire franchise. Now, when Netflix announced it, they had said that it was an all-new series in the Castlevania universe starring Richter Belmont, the son of Sypha and Trevor. Mm. And uh, and right right away, people were you know getting on Netflix saying, yeah, that's not... like That's only partially true because well, uh, well, number one, this series is set at the beginning of the French Revolution, but there's at least a hundred years in between Trevor Belmont and Simon Belmont, mm -hmm. and there's at least several more hundred years in between Simon and Richter. 
But they uh, eventually fixed it. They just tagged in. Like, <laughs> I like how like, they great, fixed great, it. Great, 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 great grandson of Sypha and Trevor. I like how they fixed it. <laughs> yeah. It's nice that they, you know, took in fan, like, took in audience feedback about mm-hmm. it. So if you don't know about the games, uh, Rondo of Blood is a PC Engine title from 93, which is used which was released as Dracula X in the, as he was resurrected in the 18th century. East. Dracula steals Richard's girlfriend Annette and teams up with his sister Maria Renard to track down Bel- to track down Dracula as Belmont's do. And on a quick side note, if you have a Super Nintendo Classic, I believe Dracula X is on there. Or if you have the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, um, Rondo of Blood is on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Richter also plays a antagonist in Symphony of the Night, and par- and to get the best ending, you actually have to save him instead of just kill him. He uh, he's under he's also under the control of a uh, wizard named Shaft. That wizard is one bad mother. Shut your mouth. Talking about <laughs> Shaft. <laughs> oh, also for all for. Anyone wondering, Symphony of the Night is where we get the uh, die, monster. You don't belong in this world. <laughs> Cutscene. If they it, don't do that in... Like, if they don't at least reference it in uh, this new series, I'm going to be upset because it's <laughs> it's like the one thing people remember from Symphony of the Night. That and the Upside Down Castle. Makes me wonder when they did all the Resident Evil movies, they ever mentioned, they ever quoted the line, you don't want to become a Jill sandwich. I don't think they did. Oh, well, maybe in the reboot they will. Yeah, call her the master master of unlocking. That's all we need. <laughs> Although with, with Jill being a female, probably be mistress of unlocking, so... I do know that Jill herself hates having that line referenced. Well, sometimes you just can't help that. It just happens, you know? In a Project Crosszone game, so like, someone tells like, that was close. You were almost a... Ah, cram it. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually telling my friend Michael, you know, to actually check out Project Crosszone, because as you can see, I got hype over Advance Wars. It's one of the few tactical RPGs I actually can sit down and have the patience to play. I, and he said, you know, he can't play games outside of tactics. And I said, if you can track down a copy of Project Cross Zone, you'll greatly enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. Anyhow, as you were saying. Or is that, just, uh, is that everything? That was about it. I'm trying to think of it. I, I did have something else I wanted to say, but it just kind of lost, like, blanked out of my mind. Okay. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get to our next title uh, about new animes coming from Netflix. If it'll just update like it's supposed to. There we go. All right, so looks like we have some new titles coming out from uh, Netflix. 
and hopefully they won't be stuck behind a net uh, a Netflix wall, which basically means titles that's only available on the streaming service that won't see a physical release. So basically, uh, this um, last week, uh, Netflix did its uh, Geeked Week, which is basically virtual announcements of titles and so forth, you know, for the streaming network. One of those announcements was what, was what Ari was just talking about a few minutes ago with uh, Castlevania. Uh... It seems that we're going. They're going to be holding on to Gundam, the newest uh, series, Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway. I swear to God, if there's a character named Anne in this series, I'm just going to get up and just walk right out the door. Why is that? Anne Hathaway. Oh, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Kind of going with the obvious joke there. Yeah. So this is going to be um, a full a full length feature film. Um, it, you, it'll be available on Netflix July first. Also, we're going to see August 9th, the brand new Shaman King anime. Um, right now, it is available on Netflix Japan, but unless you have a, a Netflix account and a VPN, you're not going to see it. But we're going to get it here, English dub and Japanese subtitled August 9th. So that's going to be cool. And <clears throat> August. Oh, now I remember. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And August twenty sixth, we'll be getting Eden Zero. I've been hearing about this anime, so this one has actually piqued my interest. So this will probably be one I will be I will be checking out. So. And there is another series called um, Exception. It's a space horror anime series based on. A story by Hirotaka Adachi, who goes by the name of Otsuchi, and the character designers character and the character designs are done by uh, Amano Yoshitaka. So, and we all know him from Final Fantasy. So that's going to be also pretty cool. And let's see, we have another anime film coming called Make My Day. Basically, um, see, I don't think that. We don't have a, a, a release date on that yet, but basically the, the premise is you're on a cold planet of ice and snow. Mysterious creatures have suddenly appeared from the dark underground and began to a- attack the people of the planet. Can humanity survive the terror lurking behind the horizon? Think of it as Attack on Titan on ice. That's the best thing I could think of. Now I can picture an Ice Capades version of Attack on Titan, so thanks for that. Hey, you're welcome. I should think an Ice Capades version of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure would be just as cool. Especially Diamond is Unbreakable. I mean, Just imagine doing all those poses on skates. Well, there is a famous Japanese ice skater who did a routine to, to, the, ba- to the background music of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I, I buy it. But I mean, just like striking a pose and just doing nothing, just gliding over the ice in that, like in that pose. Some, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, I will dig also, it up. Also, now I remember what I was talking about, about Advance Wars. Gotcha. I will dig it, was, it up. Uh, I just want to play Days of Ruin again. I actually like that one. Okay. I will go dig. really good. I'll go digging for it and I'll post it on our Facebook page uh, later this week. Um, we have another film called uh, Bright Samurai Soul. Um, premises Izo, or Izo, a Ronin and Raiden and Orc work to bring a young elf girl 
and the wand she carries to the land of elves in the north. And the film will be directed by Kyohei Ishiguro. That's cool. And it looks like we're going to be getting a Godzilla anime series starting July 24th. So, I think that's something Michael Chow probably cares more of than anything else that was announced during Geeked Week. Mm-hmm. And man, we're we're on a we're on a Netflix roll tonight. Maybe I should contact them for about about a sponsorship. We can only hope. I know, right? Yeah, sure. I'll plug your stuff. Just give me, just give me your account for free. Because <laughs> it looks like um, Yoko Kano is is on board for live action Bebop. That's going to be yeah, great. Yeah, oh. for the live action Bebop, she's going to be making another entrance. But I did want to highlight another show that apparently wasn't mentioned, but is an anime series by Netflix standards, apparently. The new Filipino horror uh, that has a lot of vampiric and gothic Tres- vibes. Is it Tresse? Tres. Tres, okay. Tres. Um, and I did want to highlight it because it's Filipino anime. Amazing. And it looks really good, and I've been watching the first few episodes, so if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, I definitely recommend it. So it's like um, a Filipino um, Witchblade of sorts? Not really Witchblade. Okay. To me, it's like, I don't know. I first got, like, super upgraded Scooby-Doo vibes. Mm. But with, like, a family of vampire hunters. So, uh, anyway, uh, now we're going to go into... Sorry, I'm just trying to post the article for you guys. It's all good in the hood. There we go. So, uh, Cowboy Bebop composer Kano Yoko to return for the live-action Netflix series. Renowned composer Yoko Kano is returning to the world of Cowboy Bebop for the upcoming Netflix live-action adaptation. The news was announced via the Netflix Geeked Twitter account with a video post of the three stars John Cho, who is Spike, Mustafa Shakir, Jet, Daniela Pineda, Faye, and jamming to the iconic Cowboy Bebop theme song Tank as performed by the seatbelts. Inspired by Sunrise's classic anime series, the live-action adaptation follows a crew of space bounty hunters as they chase dangerous criminals across the galaxy while dealing with personal demons. In addition to composing for Cowboy Bebop, Kano is known for her work in the iconic franchises like Macross, Ghost in the Shell, as well as her role as the leader of seatbelts. The live-action drama adaptation of Cowboy Bebop will stream nationwide on Netflix this autumn. Ooh, I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm glad that John Cho has recovered from all of his injuries. We pray for no more injuries, no more delays. I'm very excited it's coming back. You know something? If they ever do a live-action Lupin the Third, I want John Cho as Jigen. I was going to say, they already did a live-action Lupin the Third, but it was just not the... It, it was a different kind of Lupin. Was that um, you talking about the CG one, right? No, it's not. CG. Oh, oh, you talking about the French the series Lupin? The French one. Yeah, yeah, I cannot wait. I think season two drops this week or something like that. I can't wait to watch that. That was so good. But yeah, lots lots of content for you guys. Uh, if you need stuff to binge watch. <laughs> Man, listen, I I I'm, I I'm working on my backlog of anime, and I'm just like, and I find out Peacock has. They finally put up all the Chicago fires. So I'm like, this won't take long. Famous last words. I'm like, I started on. Thir- da, 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 da. I started. Like, Rama gets like 
Rombit decides to watch a few episodes of Chicago Fire. It's like if Byron D Zero goes, I'm going to watch some One Piece, you know? <laughs> I started on Thursday. It's now Tuesday, and, I'm, and I think I'm at the end of season four. I mean, when you think about it, with all the commercials out, an hour-long episode is basically anywhere from 40 to 42 minutes. So you start playing time math and you figure out how many episodes you can fit in before you have before you can go to bed or jump in the shower or go out and do this. And it's like same thing with normal half-hour shows. When you watch anime, you realize each episode is like is about 22 minutes. So you figure out how many episodes you can watch before you have to go and do something, you know? This is Ranma's version of the mathematical meme. You can see him doing all the math in the air in front of him yes. for these episodes. <laughs> yes. Seri- no. Lie. No. Seriously. I what I every time I get up and I go to my Xbox, it's like, oh, like I'm telling you. Um I'm telling you when um when I fin- when I finish up the podcast, when I'm finally Everything is done by midnight. I know from midnight to 1 a.m. I'll be catching up with my YouTubers. And then from like 1 until like 3. I'm like, let's see. I think I can fit in three episodes of Chicago Fire. And then see what else is going on. And then see if I can fit in another episode before bed. And Sienna Berry said, just remember, 1990s Bobby Brady is on Chicago PD. Um... Jesse Lee's software plays uh, Officer Halstead. Okay, are we talking the 90s Brady Bunch movie? Are we talking that one? Oh, God. Oh, God. That movie was campy as all hell. And I actually saw, like, parts of it in the theater, so who am I to judge? Wasn't there a bit when there was, like, a a race-shifted... Brady Bunch that they ran across. F- fuck if I know. And Sandberg says yes, the Brady Bunch movie and a very Brady sequel. Wow. I'm just like, wow. Now the only you... thing I remember about the Brady Bunch movies is that in the Power Rangers movie, the first one, yeah. Ivan Ooze, you know, references all the bad things he missed when he was in hibernation. Yeah. And it was an ad lib by the guy in the suit. Oh, uh, okay. Good Lord. Now, when his character appears on the show, the theme for the Brady Bunch is just going to pop in my head. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We have derailed. Let's get let's get this podcast train back on track, and we're going to go to the land down under. And you better take cover. How good? Oh, apparently my robot overlord. Overheard something. I don't know what she heard, but Wait, robots, right? Uh, anyway, Funimation is going to move down under as Anime Lab rebrands as Funimation ANZ. Australian anime streaming service Anime Lab announced today that it'll be rebranding starting June 17th, so in two days. And it has historically been part of the Madman anime group. Um, I'm going to post this article for you guys, um, which was led by the global Funimation group. And it's basically going to be Australia and New Zealand. 
and it was open since 2014. Uh, the move is scheduled to be completed by the 17th of June, and all the users of the site will be moved over to Funimation's uh, streaming service. Mm. So it, they got absorbed into Funimation, and as part of Madman Entertainment's streaming efforts in 2014 to cater to local fans, um, the teams brought over anime films, created a massive online presence, and even started a festival known as Madman Anime Festival and caught the attention of Japan's Aniplex. The Japanese company acquired a minority stake in Madman and Anime Lab in 2016 and eventually become or became majority stakeholders and ended up making it a subsidiary to the Japanese business, which is kind of cool. Later in 2019, the Madman Anime Group, or MAG, uh, Wakanim, and Funimation were consolidated under one roof in a joint venture between Sony and Sony Pictures Entertainment and the Sony Music Entertainment Japan, who owned Mad Men and Wakanim, and Funimation led the newly formed Funimation Global Group. Uh, due to the ownership, uh, Funimation and Mad Men is now under one enterprise, and they pulled its streaming service out of Australia spe specifically in 2020 to focus entirely on Anime Lab as a platform, moving all of its users there. Now they're going to be moving it back over to a Funimation. I guess they maybe started up a new branch and are shutting down the Anime Lab services on June 17th. In terms of the changes, all the users will be moved over to Funimation platforms, which is said to bring you the best experience on Funimation possible, as well as um, there's going to be a brand new app refreshment, and the teams are going to be working very close together. Tim Anderson, who's the Senior Vice President of the International for Funimation Global Group and co-founder of Madman Anime Group and Anime Lab has said that Anime Lab was built from the ground up by a team of Australians to be able to take what we have built and unify it to be part of an expansive global growth brand like Funimation presents opportunities that we never dreamed possible with the same great local team and access to a world-class service. It's a win for fans locally. Another change that Anime Lab users will see is that it's now referring to anime seasons based on Japan seasons rather than the seasons in the Southern Hemisphere, in line with Funimation's global practices. With this new change, even though Australia and New Zealand are about to head into winter, the next anime season will be described as summer 2021 anime season as opposed to the July simulcast season. In terms of anime content, Anime Lab and Funimation are working to make sure that as many shows as possible are made available on the platform. The move is expected to happen in two days, and of course, all of those streaming services are going to be moved over. So, congrats to our Australian and New Zealand anime fan friends. See, you, you know what's going, you know what's kind of kind of what's going to mess with my head now. Looking at that, it's like summer anime season and. And for us, it's summer. It's cool. You go in Australia, six inches of snow. And just like... Yeah, it's that whole southern... Yeah, I know. Stuff. I know. That is going to mess with some people for a while. Plus side, if I'm ever in the southern hemisphere and it's around my birthday, I will get to lay on... I will get to be on the beach in February. I, I, I do know this, thankfully. I, I actually have friends that are um on that live in australia so if i actually decide to take a trip i, I have a place to stay and to be perfectly honest i kind of want to spend two weeks in australia and just check out everything i kind of do 
I want to do two weeks Australia, two weeks Japan. You know, and I am good. Yeah, that would be fun. Indeed. Right. Ah, this next one's mine. Yep. Um, Transformers. Yeah, so Pokemon Go creators Niantic announced on Monday that it's partnering with Hasbro and Tomy to, to launch a new real-world AR mobile game based on the Transformers franchise called Transformers Heavy Metal. The Seattle-based Very Very Spaceship is developing the game for iOS and Androids. The game will have a soft launch in select countries soon, and the companies are planning a global launch for later this year. In the, in the game, players will join the Guardian Network, a group of humans who work with the Autobots to battle the Decepticons. As Guardians, players uncover hidden regions across the real world to find resources and fight the Decepticons in turn-based battles, either solo or with friends. Mm. So I guess they're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle again with yep. uh, Transformers. But then again, you know the the like Pokemon Go has set the bar super high on that one. Yeah, but it is coming from the same company, so maybe they could do they could do something. Maybe they'll learn from their mistakes that they did with Harry Potter Go. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting that you that we're talking about this because I don't know about y'all, but I always feel I feel like you know when I put my mask on. I kind of feel like a freaking Autobot. I just want to put my mask on and go, Autobots, transform and roll out. Uh, yeah, because of the, the uh, mouth plate. Yeah, like, the, oh, and the, like Optimus. Yeah, because I have my mask on, I have my hat on, and all I have are my glasses. It was basically, that's all you see, so you know. So I just think that's kind of, that's kind of a, that's my thing, you know. And I have, and I, and I wonder. I know I can't be the only one that actually thought of that. So, and as Questbuster says, you've got with, to touch. Hmm? There's also something with the uh, you know, Transformers Lisa comics where uh, it gives us what's called dull surprise as a facial expression. Right. So you know, two steps forward, two steps back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our last story tonight come, is in regards to the the queen of mangakas herself, Rumiko Takahashi. Basically, she's going to explain why her characters just can't write out and say "I love you," because as much as I read Ranma, it's like just say it, you two, come the on. And if you watch. Inuyasha, the closer they say to loving each other is shouting each other's names out. So you're just like, you're killing me here, Smalls. <laughs> so basically, the, the franchises that Rumiko Takahashi ha that, that she has here, and their various couples, you have uh, Ataru and Lum from Yurusa Yatsura, Kyoko and Yusaku from Maisuni Koku, and as we've mentioned just now, Ranma Nakane from Ranma One Half, and Inuyasha and Kagome from Inuyasha. The thing is that about any given point in the story, one of them, people will think that they're part of a couple, and neither of them will believe that. You know, you think that they're a couple, but each other, like, yeah, no, for for whatever various reasons. And as the tension always builds up, you're like, 
are, are they going to confess their love for each other? You turn the page and some other shit happens. So, You're just grabbing the monitor and shouting, just fuck already! <laughs> I mean, given how Rodman and Akane are, I mean, the way they're at each other's throats, they are borderline Klingon, so it's like, yeah, I could see that. But, on her, on her, on her Twitter account, Miko Takahashi explained why her male and female leads may be willing to travel, th- like, fight monsters, battle each other, get real jobs for the sake of the other person, but just can't say those three magical words. And probably those those three words that Ichigo, that puts a smile on Ichigo's face. You know, dishes are done. <laughs> <laughs> I had to! I had to! <laughs> I had to. I was so confused for a second. Hey, 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 if anybody in chat doesn't like that their dishes are done, especially if they are the cook in their house, something's wrong. I mean, let's be real. You can tell your significant other you love them, but if the house is a pigsty, say I love you is a moot fucking point, or something that has to be done is not done, you know. Like, service there you go service are definitely a love language of mine like for example if ichigo's significant other came in and said i love you to her she would just turn and go but the garage is still full of stuff (laughs) you see i would not actually i know you wouldn't you know it's it's takes a specific kind of relationship. I understand what Rumiko is also yeah. dealing with, too, because you have to understand this from the Japanese point of view. Mm-hmm. In Japanese culture, it's not traditional to say that you love the other person. Mm-hmm. It isn't, like, you never see them hold hands. There's not a lot of po- uh, personal affection in public. And that's just a lot of Japanese culture. Japanese culture has a lot more of affection through acts of service. Your mm-hmm. mother takes care of you. They have a house over your head. They give you clothing to wear. They feed you and let you use their internet. <laughs> yep. You know, like, that's not what we think in a lot of Western cultures. It, you know, you, if you're my kid, I raise Grand you. Like, that's just how it is. gestures between you. Like, exactly. For example. So when for... it comes to Japanese culture, this, to me, is on point for Rumiko. I mean, like, like yes, you could be. You can do all of these. You can say I love you a million times, but giving your significant other access to your Netflix account would hold a heavier weight than saying those three words if you think about it, you know. <laughs> but um also, I'm fairly says, certain if I if I was wanting to say I love you to each you go, she'd just look at me like this. <laughs> You know, it's like a brother. Like brothers. Y'all are my, my brothers. And, mm-hmm. you know, sibling love is very different. Ooh, I have a story about that for another time. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But... Uh, that was a nice interjection there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, trust me, you're not the only one. But, to she says here, basically... My feeling is that at the moment the manga's male and female leads say I love you, it's like their story comes to an end. So because of that, it's important for them to not express that feeling in words. If they don't say it, they may sometimes fail to make an emotional connection or misunderstand each other. They may wonder, this person is standing right in front of me, but I don't know how they feel about me. 
Sometimes, though, right then, the other person will do something that makes them think maybe they really do like me, and that's such a happy moment. I love you isn't something you can, that you can only express in words. I want my readers to be able to pick up on their own that the two characters love each other, but I build it into my stories that the characters themselves don't quite realize it. I spend my days thinking about satisfying ways to do that. And she has a point. I mean, admit, we've all read a manga or a book or watched a TV show where the couple has said, I love you, and then, the sh then it just went downhill from there. I mean, look at Friends. I never that. saw a single episode of that. You're not missing much. I was going to say, <laughs> not only that, but like, in a lot of stories, in a lot of fairy tales, even in Western culture, like Cinderella, what mm -hmm. happens? You know, they dance together, they say, I love you, and then that's kind of the end of the story, you know? And I feel like that has more to do with um, how we as readers desire closure right. than it does the actual building of the characters. <laughs> Bonds is getting on your train about friends, though. I was like, yeah, but I with will you, say, <laughs> Ramuka Takahashi is right, but it's but that does not excuse her cop out for the way she ended Ranma one half. The way Inuyasha ended was they said, "I love you" to each other. They they knocked boots and had kids. They end of Ranma one half. The wedding went chaotic and they ran off. I'm like, come on. But to me, like a lot of anime, probably got married in a Vegas drive-in chapel somewhere. Yeah. There's there's, pl there's plenty of fan fiction about that Thank shit. <laughs> but to go back to what Ichigo said, she she basically nailed that right on the head. So, as the story, as the article goes, as expected from one of manga's most successful authors, it is thoroughly. It's a thoroughly thought-out creative choice, one that goes beyond a jerk-with-a-heart-of-gold cliches or stubborn beliefs that a girl shouldn't make the first move. Takashi trusts her audience to be attentive and intuitive enough to figure out that the couple is in love with each other while, without having to literally spell I love you on the page. And I'll say, as much as I've read Ranma, half, I think like a third ways through reading the mangas, I'm like, yep, yeah, I see it. When I started watching the anime, it's like by the time I got to season three, I'm like, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. And I feel like in a lot of manga, too, Ranma was one of the ones, the first ones, that kind of dealt with love on a spectrum rather than having to be, like, forthright and be like, mm -hmm. I love you. You're stupid. You know? Uh, <laughs> you know, it was... I, I have been ace for a lot of my life, which I am realizing in my adulthood, but it was a matter of, like, I didn't understand flirting growing up. I didn't really get it. It didn't make sense to me. And there were a lot of times that as a language and things like that, it did, like, I just, I didn't communicate in the same way that other people did. So when people talked in their languages, mm -hmm. you know, in specific ways, it was one of those things that it was like a, a miscommunication. And I feel like Ranma One Half very much illustrated that in the way that she presented these situations where the characters found themselves in these very tense emotional intimacies, mm -hmm. but didn't quite know how to communicate with each other. And I thought that that was a really great reflection of that in a modern story that didn't make you feel like, oh, immediately these characters need to say, I love you. Like, obviously, the only way to emotionally relate with someone is to immediately not even build a relationship with them, but just to say, I love you and be done with it. So... That, that's what I feel like about it. That and 
mostly everybody in Ron will have are 16 year olds who don't know their ass from a hole in a wall outside of martial <laughs> arts. And you, and we have all watched those silly rom-coms, you know, where they, yeah, it's basically that. If it, let's, you know, do you really think a 16 year old knows what love is? I mean, this is not 90210. I get it. Taylor Swift's calling. She wants her album back. Hey, yo. Oh, man. So, basically, by Takahashi's own admission, part of the reason why her characters don't just come out and say how they feel in order to keep the story going, and those kinds of ploys are necessary to an extent when writing fiction. At the same time, the idea that your actions will show that you love someone long before the first time you actually say the words is pretty poignant and definitely how romance works in the real world. Because, again, this goes back to as soon as the couple said, confesses their love for each other, it's basically done. Except for Sailor Moon. When when Usagi and Mamoru confess their love for each other, shit happens, and we get a brand new arc. Yeah. Tell me I'm Presum- not wrong. Presuming the dynamics of their relationship is, uh, is that's usually good storytelling. Usually, I, get, I emphasize. <laughs> you know, I, I personally, I yeah, prefer I, I the not- also- Oh, and Akane would absolutely fight bitter like an old married couple. Yes, they would. For like 40 years. They would. Yeah, I was going to say, I, you know, I prefer the not replay button as soon as I meet my significant other, but that's just me. <laughs> like, as soon as you meet your significant other, fall in love with them, you both die mm. in weird, catastrophic, cosmic ways. Or just five seconds after saying, hey, check this shit out. And then there's Tenchi Muyo. Good God Almighty. I'm going to have to torture myself and watch those, those remaining OAVs. And as Washi Otaku says, <laughs> death by snoo snoo. Well, yeah, there are the hentais, but yeah, that's a different type of love language here, people. Uh, yeah, see, knowing th- a martial arts manga like that, there would absolutely be martial arts technique, techniques based on fucking and fucking techniques based on martial arts. I mean, Hapless Eye is the grand master of anything goes, so that shouldn't be too, that should not be too far removed. <laughs> God. Literally anything goes. <laughs> Literally. Anywho. I got nine limp, like nine things, things to attack you with, buddy. <laughs> Arms, like, ar- like, hands, feet, knees, elbows, and, uh. <clears throat> Oh my! <laughs> now that now that we've derailed, fallen off the side of the bridge, landed in the ravine, upside up. down, taking on water. I think it's time to go to meanwhile in Japan. I'll take the first one. These are stories that are like makes you question some stuff that comes out of Japan with a touch of slice of life. Which I am okay with. And you said you're taking the first one? I'm taking the second one. I'll take the third one, so. So, uh, we have booze made from wood coming soon in Japan. I think that I shall never drink a doublet as lovely as a tree. (laughs) 
Anyhow, uh, wood has been used to make alcohol since ancient times, but it tends to be of the toxic and disgusting variety reserved for illegal moonshine or antifreeze. It wasn't until very recently that the Forest Research and Management Organization of Japan has found a new way to make a far more palatable and non-lethal wood liqueur. Well, if you're not, if you're not risking death when taking a drink, you know, are you even drinking? <laughs> Come on, we, we, you've seen our uh, room parties at cons. <laughs> True. Unlike previous techniques such as the German wood spirit Holzbrandtwein. These researchers developed a method to ferment the wood without using any heat, acid, or like or strong acids to create a potable drink that also faithfully retains the aroma of the wood it's based on. The wood is mechanically crushed into a paste and fermented with yeast and an enzyme, not unlike how rice is converted into sake. And much like sake, the Forest Research and Management Organization were able to brew the fermented wood paste into a drink with roughly 15% alcohol content, but determined that the distilled vision was better. But this was back in 2018. Occupied with their main task of researching and managing a forest, this organization didn't have the wherewithal to make and sell a whole new type of alcohol. So this is where Ethical Spirits came in. This Tokyo-based company specialized in creating alcohol beverages out of things normally considered waste products. The first hit was a gin made from a leftover sediment from sake brewing known as Lee's. And then a line of gin made from Budweiser beer that went unsold because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, let me just say this. Any company that can take near water and turn it <laughs> into a tasty uh, spirit, bless them. They are the real heroes. They're wizards. Yes. How do you say, are you a wizard in Japanese? I don't know. <clears throat> uh, let's see. The wide range of trees that exist will also result in an equally wide range of flavors. Not only the, spite the species, but the age of the tree will have a factor in the drink's taste. S like Similar to the way certain drinks are aged in special wood barrels, only this way you're drinking the wood itself. For their first batch, Ethical Spirits is planning using the Kuromochi, Sugi, Mizunara, and cherry trees of Tokigawa Town in Saitama Prefecture. The latter two trees are said to produce a whiskey-like fruit... <clears throat> Fruity tasting drink, respectively. <clears throat> so yeah, the uh, the sakura treat one sounds delicious. Mm. Yeah, you just imagine me you're like. But yeah, it's the results are expected as early as 2022. So, uh, and they also need to do more research and concern that, confirm that it's actually safe for mass consumption. Mm. Gives yeah, me... That'd be, a hell, that'd be a hell of a way to go out drink, like, drinking, like, death by wood alcohol. Talk about having a stiff drink. hi that i'm hitting the eject button i'll see you guys later you got Bye, it Ari. Ari. get your sleep we'll see you next time all right i've just flipped that up to for insert coin all right all right next up uh let's see what do we have here um is i think it's your your, your story right yes mm -hmm. 
we have a case of the hidden hydrangeas. Uh, if any of you are into hides, uh, music, then you might also be into his flowers. Uh, but the case of hides stolen hydrangeas in Wakayama City, on the bright side, he could probably write a song about this. One of the biggest names in Japanese music easily is Hyde. With several top-selling items and sold-out tours, it can be easy to forget the prolific singer's humble origins lie in the relatively rural area of Wakayama City. Hyde himself certainly hasn't forgotten, however, and frequently promotes his hometown, even becoming Wakayama's tourism ambassador in 2019. Although he ended his term as ambassador last January, he received a municipal cultural award for his efforts. Mm. And it was during his tenure that Hyde visited Shinrin Park in January of 2020 with a group including the Wakayama mayor, Masahiro Obana. And while in the park, he, Hyde and others planted hydrangea saplings. Although the flowers are called ajisai in Japanese, the similarity between the flower's English name and his own was not lost. Hmm. Shinrin Park has somewhere near around 9,000 hydrangea bushes, and the exact location of Hyde's was not officially made public, though fans of the singer were able to deduce the location based on photos and other evidence, such as in his YouTube video below. And there they grew, a living reminder of Hyde and his connection to Wakayama that anyone could visit freely and enjoy its beauty. It also helped bring tourism to the area by attracting hardcore Hyde fans from all over Japan. However, on the 6th of June this year, one such fan reported that Hyde's hydrangeas had been stolen and tweeted a plea for its safe return. The following day, the Wakayama City Tourism Division uh, confirmed that the hydrangea bush had been dug up by the park in the park by an unknown person without permission, and it is currently unclear when the theft occurred, although there have been cases of people stealing hydrangea bushes before, they aren't quite sure how to proceed when it happens to such a high-profile one. Fans of Hyde, possibly some general flower fans mixed in, were outraged by this desecration of a sacred spot. I was just thinking this morning about going to see it someday. What? I was planning to go see it when COVID-19 was over. I'm sure many others were, too. If whoever did this is reading, please sneak back in and return it. Those flowers are for everyone. Those were Hyde's literal roots to his hometown. This makes me sick. The good news for those planning to visit Hyde's hydrangeas is that the one in the video above is said to have planted three was it three young plants in that spot and according to the city's statement only one plant was dug up. It was this correct it means that two of his hydrangeas remain. That's good. Nevertheless, it's a dick move. It is. Uh yeah, so don't don't dig up the flowers. One, you stress the plant out. Two, you take it away from other people who could enjoy it. And three, the dude did it so everybody could enjoy it. Don't be a dick. Anyway, uh, it's a truly sad state of affairs when a major rock star can't plant some flowers in a park without getting them ripped off as easily as an, unordinary, an ordinary unsupervised toilet. I mean, what that person did, in a way, is no different from what some fans would do. They see somebody with a... It's it's sort of like, like if some like a celebrity ate a burger or whatever and toss the wrapper and that person goes in the garbage and grabs the wrapper and sells it on eBay for $15,000 or something like that. I know? feel like this is a little bit different though, because like it was for tourism. It was to bring people to his hometown and to share his love of the city he's in, as well as like his name 
flowers, hydrangeas hide. <laughs> no, no, um, I get that. I, I, I just think it's more like, you know, falls under scummy things you shouldn't do. Things that are disrespectful. Yeah, scummy things yeah. not to do. Right. Yep, definitely. I agree. Yeah. And our last uh, interesting title of the uh, story for tonight is, is probably something that Mako Child would, is definitely looking forward to, but she's not here, so I'm taking it over. So it looks like there's going to be a new Godzilla mobile game that lets you raise your own Gogeta and race it against other kaijus. And I believe it's called Run Godzilla. How original. Well... This year has certainly been a year for Godzilla releases. We have Kong vs. Godzilla. Actually, it's Godzilla vs. Kong, which was a really good movie. We have the opening of the world's first ever permanent Godzilla ride at a theme park, which is really cool, which is at uh, Tokyo Era Amusement Park. We have the sale of a Godzilla mop cover. Wow. And a Godzilla energy drink. Okay. So now we have a mobile game where you raise your own Godzilla and you race it against other kaiju. And that's just interesting. The game is called Run Godzilla and it was released for iOS and Android on June 3rd by Toho Games. It's basically a casual resource management game with a horse race simulation twist that takes place in a village where people raise kaiju monsters using prayers to make Godzilla stronger. Alright. The more villagers you have pray for Godzilla's strength, the more effective the prayer. You can get more villagers by buying them with diamonds, and you can get diamonds by building factories. Sadly, the villagers all have a limited time, so you have to try to extend their time with apples, which are harvested from the orchid, but the factory puts off smoke that kills the apple trees, so you have to manage your resources carefully. Okay, I play games similar to this. Now, the races can make things easier, though. When you enter your Godzilla in a race, you pit it against other kaiju in different arenas related to Godzilla's various films. Like most horse racing simulators, you can't control Godzilla, but you can cheer it on to help it recover the damage it earns from its rampage and other monsters as it toddles its way to the finish line. Winning a race means you earn extra apples and a decrease in smoke pollution, allowing you to safely buy more factories and feed more villagers and make your Godzilla the strongest and fastest of them all. While this obviously isn't the most complex of games, and the graphics are far from anything to rave about, the Japanese mobile gamers have been having a ball playing this wacky game, which calls itself Bizarre Yet Adorable Casual Game Where You Raise Godzilla. People are saying things such as, the concept, let's raise Godzilla, make it race, is so surreal it made me laugh. Run Godzilla. I thought this was going to be a crappy game, but it's actually a stupid game that's fun in its own way. It doesn't make any sense, but at the same time, I feel like it might also be a game with good taste. Whether you continue playing this game for a long time or not depends on your taste. If you're interested in checking out this game, it is free on the Google Play or and the Apple App Store. If the game overview is enough to draw you in, you also get the bonus of background music composed by Kira Akira Ifukube, who wrote the music for the Japanese Godzilla films, which is kind of reason enough to play the game. As 
of the comments were saying, whether you keep playing or not depends on your taste, but if you're a Godzilla fan, you got you have to try this at least once. Now, you're not going to find it through the normal American um, app stores. You'll have to go through the Japanese app stores in order to play these games. So, what's going to happen is, if you're on Android and you find it on the Japanese Google Play Store, it will not push to your phone. There are websites where you can go to where you can download and sideload it. And once you've unlocked your phone, you can do that. As for Apple, jailbreak and good luck with that. All right. I think it's time to wrap up the show because I have two brand new cases two brand new tubs of ice cream in my freezer so <laughs> yeah that ice cream's always calling yeah i got uh black uh vanilla i think i got black cherry vanilla and Ooh. waffle cone awesome I, I wanted something with fruit and something with savor you know because i like mixing the two you want to have some flavor options you leaving your options open exactly uh, yeah options are open like my front door right here is it warm where you are, Rhonda? No, it's quite cool. I have one hell of a breeze coming in, and I kind of hope I can have this type of breeze during the rest of the summer, or else you'll be faintly be hearing me hearing my fan in the background and me go me going. You know? You're gonna need like a a church size fan is what you're gonna end up needing. Good um, lord, child. Yes, yes, child. <laughs> yes, child. But yeah, I think it'd be good to wrap up tonight. How's everybody in chat doing? You guys think we're good? I think they know we're good. And Quest Buster is hankering for some ice cream as we speak. Yes, yes. What can I say? It was two for six at Stop and Shop. So, yeah. So, if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent podcasters. We're independent bloggers. And we tell it like it is. And as Ronma421 says, you guys are great. Thank you for the compliment. We really appreciate that. So if you like the show, like I said, tell a friend. If you have any questions about the show, ideas, and suggestions, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. And don't forget our website at AnimeJamSession.com where you will find links to our uh, YouTube videos, uh, face um, cosplay photos, our weekly podcast, anime reviews, cosplay interviews, cosplay tips and tricks, editorials, and a whole lot more at AnimeJamSession.com. And if you like this show, you can find the rest of them online through any podcasting app that you use. There's over 500 episodes going back almost 10 years, so take a look and listen, and we appreciate it. You can find us through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, all of that. And some of these apps allow you to have the ability to leave reviews, so if you can, drop us a review. We would appreciate that. Let's see what else do we have here. Our social media. YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow us there through Anime Jam Session, and you'll get updates on when we're going live, uh, when articles are going up, new videos, and then some. Uh, let's see, and and the support. We have a tip jar down below for Streamlabs. You can click on that, 
I believe we have one for our Kofi. You can click on that as well. The bits that we get, we appreciate that. And the auto hosts, we truly appreciate all of that. Every little bit counts. So we're gonna go around the room. Actually, I'm just gonna throw the camera over here for last words with Ichigo. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you for joining us this evening. It was a great time, and uh, we'll be back next week. I'm sure. Same time, same place. Mm -hmm. uh, my last words is ice cream. That's it. Well, that is it. End of list. We're hoping to have the entire gang back together next week for a brand new episode. Uh, until then, we're out of here. Take care, everybody. I'm Ronma. I need to go. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Yamatane, y'all. <laughs> These are so precious when you say that. Say good night, Ichigo. Good night, Ichigo. Perfect. See you all next week. has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, dammit! For transcripts of this episode, start typing! Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!